All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back. Casual Friday. No collars. The collars are gone, but the friends are here. It's my dude. If, you, if you've if you been following my work long enough, then you know I've worked with him before. It's my man, Drew Martin, at Drew Martin Betts. Easy as can be. Spelled out just like it. You may know him from absolutely everywhere because my dude is the GOAT. Wager Talk, Sports Grid, SN Betts, and Sportsnet. I mean, if you're paying attention to any of this stuff, in particular, Drew, I got to tell you, man, I'm my own favorite baseball handicapper. Surprise. You're my favorite college football handicapper. You make it – I don't really follow because I'm into NFL so much. You make it a lot of fun, and you're one of the few people I'll kind of tell, which I don't I don't normally do that. But, yo, so thank you, man. What's up? How are you, my man? John, man, thanks for having me, bro. It's a, co- a cool thing you guys got going on here. And, uh, you know, call to the pen. I, I feel like it's a great name. You know, it kind of gets yeah. the people going. It's it's usually yeah. a big, big Come part on. of the baseball game. And appreciate the shout out in college football, man. Been able to, uh, well, two years ago, uh, place top 10 uh, there in the uh, the Vegas Golden Nugget Tournament. And, uh, hey, last year, you know, treading water, just up a couple units. But, hey, as a sports better, you learn to kind of take those anytime you're in the black, man, instead of the red. So, hey, for baseball this season, I, I am down, but I'm, I'm swimming back up and uh, hopefully starting today, find a couple winners on the Friday card with you, John. So excited no, to be here. It's funny you mentioned that, Drew, because this is, this is really the place where nobody cares about that stuff at all. Like, we all know this yeah. is a process show. This is a, you know, methodology show. Comments already going nuts, as always. What's up, everyone? You know, I forgot to shout you all out. We're going to go through all of the games today just really quick, as quick as we can. I think I talk fast enough to do it. If you have a bet, if you have a prop, you drop it for us. We'll put it up on bet stamp. But also, my favorite thing on these Fridays, I shared it with Drew. People, I shared it on my Twitter handle. Get it at John Legaza. It's the daily strikeout leader. And I, it's like a golf card where you get access to these. Like, to You get access to a legitimate 100-to-1 play, like a legitimate 100-to-1 play on a baseball slate, and you don't have to wait through four days of golf which I know is super popular. So just keep your strikeout guys in mind, Drew. Without okay. any further ado, let's get it fast to show on MLB absolutely anywhere. We're going to skip that first one. There's like a single 3 o'clock show. So my fantasy people out there, make sure you set your bets before you go eat dinner. First up, Mammy Marlin, and Sandy Alcantara. What a long what a long way he's come, Drew, right? I mean, last year we were all over this guy. Cy Young, minus, still a minus 160 favorite on the road against the Nationals, whose offense has really surprised a ton of people. Now, we do a lot of betting on the Nats. I don't know if today's going to be the day because they're rolling out Trevor Williams, who's really not being great. I mean, the ERA at four, whip one, three, five, but none of the indicators buying it, single digit swinging strike, all the stuff I usually kind of go after. My question was, are you buying Alcantara on the rebound? You know, people are really stuck here, right? Because we, we saw how great he could be. And now we've seen kind of the other side, the shift rule, the pitch clock, or whatever. What do you think about Alcantara? You think we have the Cy Young guy going forward or? Should we pile up against these ballers? You know what, John? It, it it's something interesting you bring up with the pitch clock, and I think that it, that is something with with you know some of these top notch pitchers and it being in their head, particularly guys that didn't come up through the minors in dealing with the pitch clock, and then this year it's kind of thrown on them. Something coming into the season was I'm looking for that right out the gate. You know, first couple starts, these big name pitchers, which you know this from betting baseball, man. Some of these pitchers, you know, whether it be Corbin Burns, Sandy Alcantara, just their name alone brings so much respect in the betting market where if you can kind of find chinks in the armor and go against them, 
that's a way to make some big money in MLB if you can kind of play it right. Alcantara has been one of those guys. The only problem is the Marlins have been pretty good. You know, 38 and 31 on the season, surprising. Um, it's not like their their offense is that deep, John. So if if they're able to kind of the Nationals, I'm speaking of able to get by a, just a couple names, you know, Luis Arise, Soler there being able to knock it out. They, it's almost like a good one, two punch. It's not very deep though. This is a game. Look, I lean Marlins. This is coming from a Marlins fan. I do think Alcantara finds it eventually. I mean, just watch him pitch. You know, I always think about hey, if you get out there on a, on a major league field and you're like, man, what, what guy do I really have a chance to get a hit on? It's not Sandy Alcantara, man. He would just yeah. blow you away, you know, it, coming in there with 98, hitting the corners. So I think he finds it eventually. It's just I'm not into laying, what, near minus 180 here on the fish. So this was an easy pass for me, John. Yeah, I'm with you. For me, it's a fade. I do think the ball is going to done. Both of these teams have been very pesky. That's like the word for it, right? Because And this is part of, you know, it's, to get into the nerdier stuff, just quickly, how we see the rules kind of manifest where so scoring is up, people automatically think home runs, but it's not necessarily the case. Teams like Washington and Miami have showed you if you don't strike out, you make a lot of contact and steal bases. Combinations of those things score runs, and that's just the fact of the matter. Like if they go to take a walk and then a ball bleeds through, all of a sudden it's first and third, and all these guys are fast. They always score from second. They always go first and third. So, yeah, I just wouldn't pay the juice for them. And I don't think the strikeout winner is here. All right, next up. That was a good pace, Drew. I, really, I miss working with you, man. It's really good to see you. <laughs> next up, the Redbirds. And Miles Michaelis, man, these are funny. You know, these are the guys I always go up against. You know, Michael, this is a guy who's going to look to hit because he pitches the contact with the up environment. But we know he can be good because the control is so good. So you do got to be careful with the high whip considering the walk rate is only at 5%. Something I've been looking at, Drew, because we do have a lot of prop bet. Prop, I do prop betting and have a lot of prop betters around here. Is I've been actually using ball percentage, and I know you've actually seen the, my, my sheet. And if people are familiar, you can DM me for a free trial. You can get on Sharpener. The, the, the link is there, and I think that's been a little more. I don't want to say predictive, but a little more indicative of a pitcher's control. And both of those numbers are really good. So I don't really care about the high whip. I'm worried that Mikolas is kind of getting back to form, which is just suppressing contact, keeping the ball in the yard. It's going to be vanilla. It's going to be boring. But right now, the Mets offense has not been any good. Last 500 plate appearances, Drew. 219 batting average. A 290 OBP. 670 OPS. They strike out too much. and not taking walks. So I don't know. I'm having trouble kind of backing anyone. Don't be afraid of fading games left and right. You know, we only looking for the bets that we really like. I do tend to think the Cardinals are going to win. But let me tell you, Drew, I've been thinking they were going to win all year. They've stunk. <laughs> so what do you got, man? Oh, absolutely, man. Talk about cold. This is a matchup of two cold teams. The Cards, the, I, the worst record in the National League, man. You How? are what your record says you are. And, uh, hey, they're at the bottom of the NL here. So it's been a tough go for the Cards. I was picking up what you were laying down on Mikolas, though, man. Not only does he rock a heck of a mustache, it, <laughs> he, he changes speeds very well. He's the type of guy I kind of look to bet on, actually. You know, he's not the type of pitcher that's going to blow you away and kind of get that fanfare, right. but yet he kind of pitches towards soft contact. I have him circled in my betting notes. It's kind of something I like about baseball is being able to kind of get these starting pitchers and just each time they're up, look to bet them. However, you know, just as cold as the cards have been, what they're three and 12, their last 15, man, just Crazy. over doing this, what, eight, eight years now is my straight job, John. 
I've learned to kind of not catch a falling knife when a team's three and 12, I'm likely not going to bet them here guys. And sure enough, that is the cards. Now they're going up against the Mets who are two and nine, their last 11. So like I said, man, cold cold versus cold man in the Mets. Oh, and four, the last four starts from McGill. So he really hasn't been good last time out nine runs and just over three innings pitched with a one to three strikeout to walk ratio. That's one to three, the opposite of what you're used to. So um, I don't like either of these uh, two teams right now. I'm looking to fade both. So another pass, man, for me. Yeah. I wish there was almost like a rest of season win total market. Cause I feel yeah. like in, I feel like there I would be backing the Cardinals. Cause I really do think, I mean, true. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a while. I, this is one of my, if this were to continue this way, one of my bigger misses like ever. I thought the Cardinals would be contending for a pennant this year, maybe even for a World Series. I knew the pitching, the lack of swing and miss might have held them back a touch, but I thought they maybe would acquire a pitcher, and I certainly thought the offense would be rocking and rolling. We were, we couldn't figure out where where would all these guys play? Jordan Walker, where was this guy going to play, man? Tommy Edmond, how could you have a bad night? And all of a sudden, that offense is totally struggling. It's like Goldschmidt and Arenado, and that's about it. Right now, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Last 500 plate appearances, they only have four. This is 14 days. Only 42 runs scored, three steals, 13 doubles. Those are all like bottom four, bottom five in the league. The hard hit rate is starting to come along, but you know, again, they're just not really patient. They're swinging and missing, missing in the zone. So I, I see. I like that the little term that you dropped. You know, I, I have a trading background. Also, I know that you have a, a financial background as well. So using those. That kind of overlap, Drew, works really well. So people, when he said, keep an eye on that, don't go to catch the falling knife, meaning we know the Cardinals are underperforming. It's similar to a slump. But who's to say 0 for 28 is not going to turn into 0 for 41? You don't want to eat those 13 (laughs) at-bats. I was saying this about Kyle Schwarber, and it ended up being dead on the nose. Surprise, surprise. I said, once he hits one home run, there's like 12 more coming, right? And that's exactly what happened. So the Toronto Blue Jays, the same thing. Wait for them to start hitting. Once they hit, you back them. And right now they're on fire. So you and I are simpatico with a lot of the trend stuff because, you know, all the data guys, Drew, they want three years of data, three years of data. We're betting on 15 ounces of baseball today or, not, you know, 27 ounces of baseball. Like, I want to know what's going on kind of right now. Not to say I just look at recent stats, but especially for pitching, I want to know how they look. All right, next up, now we're going to keep an eye on that daily market. Drew, tell me I'm not crazy. It's Domingo Herman for my New York Yankees. Mm. 349 ERA, 0. 0.99 whip. Listen, he's had some struggles with the sticky stuff, but I really can't go there because he has had starts, successful starts without it. Now, the K rate is at 24%, which is not extraordinarily high. However, you know me, Mr. Stat. I have all the underpinning stuff. It's through the roof. 14 swing and strike, 30% CSW, 61 first strike, 37 O swing. Meaning, Domingo Herman gets swings and misses. Also, one thing I wanted to mention, his ball rate at 33% is very, very low. To put that in perspective, Drew, 36 is like average. Once you're at 39, you're walking people. Once you're at 33, you're a control guy. So where I'm getting at was that daily K leader. And Domingo Herman, I, I, okay, it dropped because I had opened my big mouth on Twitter. I'm not going to do that until after the show next time. (laughs) 90 to 1 right now. He's 150 to 1, so I know I sparked somebody to bet that. But anyway. He's 90 to 1. Can he wow. get 10 strikeouts and lead tonight at 90 to 1? Dude, 90 to 1. 90 to 1. We got people on Twitter out here recommending minus 220 on MLB Network. 90 to 1, bro. 
I like it, man. It, it, it's uh, hey, you, you get a lot, for, a lot of bang for your buck with that. And uh, you mentioned the the line move yeah. when it's that high, you almost got to keep those things a li- like to yourself because when you're getting like a hundred to one, yeah, yeah. they tend to move those real quick if you watch. And I yeah. know you know that, John. And sure enough, he's two and zero. Oh, his last nineteen innings pitched, only six earned runs. He's been throwing the ball well. And one thing, you know, I guess how I look to handicap you brought up college football. I think it almost works better in college football, just because there's so many more teams that the market can't keep up with changes. And what I'm getting at is a great way to win in sports betting is to find change. However, that change may, may be found in any sport and go from that point forward, because the odds makers have less data to go off of since that change. And what I bring up here is the sticky stuff suspension that German had. And in my opinion, that's changed. That's something that I watch. I take a note on and I go, hey, from this point forward, how is he pitching? Because if he really falls off, you could kind of go against him. However, he's been pitching well since it. So that's not something that's kind of uh, ticked my, you know, bet against anyway. However, Judge is what out, out of the lineup. I mean, they, they're only scoring what 3.4 runs without him. So that's something a little bit worrisome here from the Bronx Bombers. But they're going up against this guy, what, Hawk for the, uh, for the Red Sox here, 0 and 6, 5.7 ERA his last eight starts. I mean, he's almost unbettable here. So I would look for the Yankees to kind of score here, rematch a Saturday's game where uh, what New York did win. So I kind of like the Yankees here. I think it's a little bit of a false favorite from the Red Sox. And I'm not going to talk you off of that, what, 90 to 1 strikeout, uh, that little golf bet you were talking yeah, about on, on the uh, other side. You mentioned Tanner Houck. Yeah. Who, yeah, again. A lot of the surface, the surface stats haven't been great, but if we're talking swing strike and strikeout stuff, 13 swing and strike, 31 CSW, 30 whiff rate. You know, so also very low foul ball rate, something I also keep an eye on when you're looking for strikeout props. Uh, a high foul ball rate is inefficient, right? You want distance and stuff like that. Again, I'm not trying to get too far into the weeds, but some of these stats, I know what we think of as kind of new, but they're really intuitive, like a foul ball rate or a ball percentage. So how is 50 to 1? Jay, put him on the list also. We're not we're not betting these just yet, Drew, but we like to collect a few guys that we like. And then, hey, man, if you have six guys that are going off at 30 to 1 or better, you could find a place on a responsible ticket for everyone, right? Even if it's a dollar a guy or something like that, right? We'll look to get paid. So <laughs> so right now it's Hauk, and I have Herman. I know my boy Matty Williams in the chat was saying not so into the Herman case. Yeah, I get you. Boston doesn't really strike out. But, again, you know, Ranger Suarez – was the leader the entire night a couple nights ago at, at 140 to one with nine strikeouts. And I think somebody, maybe um, Kirby or somebody beat him out with the 10th. But the point being, we really don't know who's going to lead any night in strikeouts. It's very, it's highly, highly variant. Sometimes these umpires are like completely involved more than they should be. So keep it. I think both of those guys are going to strike people out. Next up, Colorado Rockies and Denelson Lamette on the bump at 195 going up against Atlanta and Jared Schuster. This one, again, I have a really tough time. When I see guys like this, for me, this one is an overbet or not at all. So, yeah. Jay, bring up, can you bring up the F5? If it's four and a half, I'll go over with this one. The F, the first five is at five and a half. Well, I guess the mark is on this. So, I'm probably leaving it. I'm. My question to you, Drew, is because I'm pretty much fading this one, but the market did post full full size props for Denelson Lamette. Now, he went five and a third, he threw 90 pitches, but that's the first time he did that all year. My point being, do you think he's more of like an 
opener or if we're if we're meaning if we're only going to get two and a third out of him which is his general workload you could probably go under the k prop and under his props pretty comfortably do you think he's going to get a full load against atlanta who doesn't really strike out but does beat up pitchers pretty badly they do and this is a tough lineup to go up against um yeah i mean you know i think it's one of those if, if he's if he's pitching well i think they're gonna let him go you know it's one of those play it by year type deal now can he i don't know i mean last time out against the pods he pitched pretty well so it could translate maybe he found something he's a guy that you know when you watch him pitch the talent's there man he can light it up from the velocity gun he's one of those guys like you know we were talking about alcantara it's almost like a poor man's alcantara he can if he's if he's on he's a guy i want to be looking to bet um, yeah, just yesterday, you know, I took the rocks at, uh, I think it was plus two twenty six and the over of nine and a half. And it was one of those games where I just felt like it was a toss up, maybe a good yeah. time to get on the, uh, the underdog there. Cause I thought they could put up some crooked numbers. They had a shot to, they, they really should have put up some more runs, but a hey, overall, uh, the, the Braves are the stronger team here, John laying this big of a price though. I don't know. You know, you talk about value, a word that gets overused in this, uh, industry, but, I do think it's another shot to take a a, a a big, if you're one of those kind of swing for the fences type betters, this might be one to take the rocks. And I, I agree with what you were talking about. I think this is another one where, where we get a lot of crooked numbers here, guys. And I think the Braves put up a bunch as well. So I do like the over. Man, I can't remember seeing an over six first five outside of cores. You can tell the books are starting to pick up on the, the trend, right? The trend, the offensive trend as it picks up as the weather gets warmer. I wanted to bring up a comment that i saw give you an idea how sharp the people that are here are. a lot of the people in the comment section are actual like content creators and professional handicappers and stuff i often joke Drew, it's a, a little arrogant but that's okay i'm from brooklyn it's all right people get it this cool. is the restaurant where the chefs eat you know because a lot of sharp <laughs> people use my work and build off and stuff i don't mean to tell me i don't want to mean to anyone to tell me so here's the sharp comment from my dude opmg and it, it has to do with the daily k props but also people always being open-minded and remembering the book is not your friend, okay? This has to do with Kevin Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman, his daily, to be the daily K leader, Drew, is plus 390, which, okay, we can debate that whether or not that's fair. He's got great stuff. He's a science contender the whole line. Here's the real point. In order to be the K leader on a full slate, all year we've been tracking this. You need double-digit strikeouts. You need 10 or you okay. need 11 if you're going to win. His alt prop for 10 strikeouts is 420. So not only do you get a better price on 10 strikeouts than the K leader, and 11, right, you might, you could lose them both in theory, right? He could K11 and lose to a 12, and you would have missed out on the better price and missed out on a win. So as much as we love these K leader props, for the, the players at the top of the board, go check those old props, super sharp OPMG. I really do respect that kind of stuff. I mention it all the time with total base props, true sometimes. The, the book will list over over a half a base, right? 0.5. They'll mm-hmm. also list over one base hit. They're the same bet. You can't hit it on a walk. It's the same exact bet with different prices, just a different page. So, okay. you know, my mama told me you got to shop around, shop, shop around, all that good stuff. Next up, Kevin Gaussman, here he is in the Bluebirds, going to Texas and Martin Perez. I'll tell you what I got. I don't want to bury the league because we got to be quick. We did some theory stuff that I think is maybe important, more important than analytics. I don't want to bury the lead. I mentioned Toronto. I've been getting on the offense now that they're starting to go top five almost across the board. I know Texas is really good, 
But Gaussman versus Martin Perez, I think we have the run advantage first five. So give me first five to cover it up because I know we can get it at like minus 105. You know me, I love to keep my bets around even money, having to keep that win percentage nice and low. Again, Gaussman is just awesome right now. He's going to have a tough time leading the night in Ks. I wouldn't pay for Gaussman because I don't think the odds are there. Texas, top three in walk rate last two weeks. Top three in swing and strike, top five in chase rate, top five in in zone contact. So Texas is very hard to strike out. And again, you need you're going to need a, like eleven strikeouts or or more. So I'm going to take it Toronto and that offense. I think is they I think they're really getting ready to charge hard. You like anything in this one? Yeah, I can see the Jays' offense getting after Perez as well. I almost think like the profile of pitcher sets up well for the Jays to really find it here. Um, and, and what you said about well, Gosman, totally agree. It's man, I bet the Rangers last night, you know, is what the minus 120 favorite. So see, seeing my bank account go down because of that one, it kind of hurts. And uh, you bring up the, the Rangers offense and where was it last night, man? They just couldn't put it together um, to, to, to get the win. But overall, you know, uh, it's a it's a pass for me, uh, John. I got some more bets here as we get down on it. But this is a playoff feel, a fun one to watch. I feel like we'll learn a lot. If you made me bet it, I'd be on the Jays. Yeah, I, and I, you know what? Again, I, I, people like us, people like us, like us, they gravitate towards us because you're very honest. You don't have to be apologetic about fading, right? We want to try to help people. One thing I've noticed, and it's funny because you mentioned betting heavy underdogs before, something I love doing. You can't be afraid to bet the, against the Yankees. You can't be afraid to get against the Astros. Now, I'd rather bet against the Yankees without Judge, the Astros without Alvarez. And that's kind of where I'm going is, as we've seen more and more and more offense, Drew, I've just been kind of not going up against these buzzsaws. Like, there's really no need to go up against Toronto if, unless you got a guy like Gaussman. Now, that maybe is a different story, right, where you have where even money for a real definitive edge in pitching. But where I was trying to, like, squeak past them with, like, mediocre pitching, and what you find out happening is one inning spins off the rails. So – like you said, I think the matchup for Toronto on the offensive side is really where they want to get. You know, Perez, he doesn't strike out guys, tons of contact, 90% zone contact. And again, if you're going to pitch contact to Toronto, you're going to open yourself up to the double-digit power rate. They're number one in hard hit rate, last 500 plate appearances as well, 334 team warmer. So I like Toronto in this one. Next up, it's the Reds, the, the new Reds, like the new and improved Cincinnati Reds, man. I'll tell you, they're a perfect example of why you need to split your statistics because whatever they had before McLean and before Ellie De La Cruz, I could honestly care less about that's a total, right? If you're going to add, it's the truth. If you're going to add legitimate two or three impact bats into the top third of your lineup without losing the other guys, right? Cause it wasn't like Friedel and Senzel or India or bad drew. It's just, no. they're not necessarily one, two and three hitters in particular on like a monster team. But now India, McLean, De La Cruz, and then you get the rest of those guys. This red team is really, really dangerous. They're one of my favorite over teams. So let's go to that. I'm Again, I don't want to bury the lead. I want to go over on this one. Hold on, i got to check bullpens really quick. I want to go over in the first five. Jeez, is it four and a half? Okay, so four and a half will take that one. I'll do it really quick. Abbott, listen, he hasn't given up any runs yet, but all the indicators are five. His Sierra is a five and a half. His PFIP is at six and a half. Single digit came on his walk. Single digit swing and strike. 26% chase rate. Like, I mean, 47 fly ball. He just haven't given up the home run yet. I think it's coming today. We know the Houston offense is good. They're starting to get up off the bat. Flip side, JP France. 
the same thing. I think the regression monster is coming. I mean, one of the 40% ball rate, one of those benchmarks I mentioned, 23% chase rate. So not only does he get behind, he doesn't induce chases. He does get a lot of ground balls, but he also gives up a lot of hard contact because he has to come into the zone. So I think this one kind of spins off the rails. I think one of these two teams puts up four or five through five on their own. You like anything in this one? I think we're going to get some offense in this one for sure. Oh, don't disagree. Uh, this is another one. I think it's kind of more more of a toss-up game. I think the offense gets after it for sure. I mean, anytime Houston's in Minute Maid, it's a tough bet to go against. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be banging on trash cans, anything like that, but there is something <laughs> to this team uh, winning there in Houston. Great atmosphere, by the way. Um, I go after this one, uh, John, from you know France for Houston. What, he had six okay. walks last time out. Anytime yeah. you get an alarming number like that, I, I can just say it off the top. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science, guys. I like to fade pitchers having trouble finding the strike zone. That tends to kind of stay with it start after start. And sure enough, we get it here against a hot Cincinnati team. You named a lot of the things I like. They've won five straight, whether it be Ellie De La Cruz, whatever. And he hasn't really been putting up the numbers. You know, he, he kind of makes the highlight sheet. But for whatever reason, this team is winning right now. The trend is our friend. They've played, what, 14 yeah. rookies this year. And they've been hot. They've been winning games of late. That's what I like to do. Uh, that's what I like to be a part of, jumping on the train here. They've won four straight road series as well. So whatever the case may be, they've been winning outside of Cincinnati. And uh, what the manager's calling them, America's team here. Everybody rooting for him. I got a plus <laughs> 165 price. Andrew yeah. Abbott, their pitcher. Look, he doesn't have a lot of major league experience, guys. But I don't believe he's given up an earned run yet in his two starts, going over right. 11 innings. Drew, Drew I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm, uh, yeah. I, I want you to take it in and finish a procedure thing for us. Do you like this one first five full game? But then I also want you to go into that just for a second because, again, it's more important in the game analysis. People hearing what you think is more important. Do you do first fives, and how do you kind of divvy up the two of them? I've been – just quick for me is if I like the pitching, I've been trying to stick to the first five because right now bullpens make me kind of nauseous, blowing <laughs> games. But because of the ghost runner, I've been having the rule if I like an over, I generally go over full game, and if I like an under, I generally keep it at five. Take it away, man. Oh, yeah, I like that. And I don't disagree there, um, John. And I guess just to get into this kind of discussion a little bit more, first five versus full game. Um, first off, let me start with I've kind of changed in the last week what I'm doing here to kind of get back to what I was doing in 2020 and 2021 of just my my overall kind of personal life and handicapping, which is part of this, guys, is I've been staying up really late at night. And then jumping in, you know, doing all my research and then betting the games, going to bed and then waking up. So a lot of times the books that I have access to don't have, you know, the first five out really late at night. That's right. So all, my personal bets are going okay. on the full game. And then, you know, I'm waking up my morning routine, which actually is like right now. Um, but hey, I'm on with you, John. I wouldn't rather be anywhere else, man. So I Can have you see your cat smile. You, see, you know why? Because everyone drew like, of course, dude. That's what we love. We love having this such sharp people around. Because, yeah, okay, like you kind of recognize that there is some sharpness to F five, but yeah. you kind of trumped it. And this is something we've been talking about. We have a few people in the comment section that are are quite literally known for this. They 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 bake their bread on this, and it's the CLV that you get in the softness of the market the night before, right? And you know what? It makes me think about having wanted to work at night sometimes, but because I'm trying to provide it and that becomes the problem. Yeah. 
very hard to give out those PM lines because they they change so much. So yeah. I imagine you're in front of so much CLV that who cares about the first five? You know, you may even lose a few, but it doesn't matter because you know you got a thirty right. You're probably talking twenty five, thirty cents on a lot of games. I'd imagine. Well, yeah, and, and especially you know this one where Cincinnati, which by the way, you know, is one that I bet plus one sixty five. Like when you get big underdogs that you like, that's where you'll watch, John. And you probably see this. Like if you can catch like a plus two fifty, sometimes there won't even be plus two hundred by first pitch. You know, we're talking fifty cent moves just because. It's like we talked about with that, you know, 90 to one, like you were the books move that big plus price pretty rapidly. So that's why I like to get on those on the overnights. If I really like an underdog, because usually those those will be chopped out. So my personal bets, it's it's full game. Um, but as I go throughout the day, I'll jump on the first five. And let me add one thing towards the full the full game here, John. I almost think people are forgetting the great thing about betting Major League Baseball is you get half off pricing. You know, it's minus 105. It's a dime line. Whereas in football, at most sports books, you're having to risk 110 to win 100 instead of having to risk 105. Sometimes 118. I mean, yeah. And I would just say stay away from those books that do that. You and I get that. But see this, and this is why these these businesses are so predatory. When they made it legal, that's the legal standard now, kind of, and that's what people think it is. Like that's what people think it is, you know, which is a shame because you understand that it's those percentage points on the margin that kind of make the difference over time, you know. Well, John, I mean, you you say like it's becoming the industry standard. Well, what about? Uh, a book jumping in and saying, no, we're going to do it right. Minus 110 in marketing that you don't think that's a good business practice that could actually grow the book. One day I dream of a world with regulation, with standardized, with a betting market is standardized and regulated like the true stock market where people like you and I drew to be honest. Maybe this is why I want to do it. So man is because we'll be able to make our money. We won't even have to watch the games. Because that bet that you bought at nighttime, you'll get up and be able to sell it. And, you know, right, you'll get a divvy for a fee. You're going to divvy oh, for okay. the provider. Like an option. But I'm dead serious. Yeah. But that'll be, that will be the future. That's the true future of sports betting is the open exchange and having people trade tickets beforehand. You think there's people- enough money? I don't know if it's going to be liquid enough to do that because. Yeah. Well, it- we, I mean, we need a governing body. Think about the billions of the, and we could start with NFL. I know there's money in that. Yeah, NFL maybe not for would a have Tuesday it. Pirates game. Yeah, maybe not for a Tuesday night Pirates game. I'll give you that. Okay. But, but also that would be the start, right? DFS best ball begins with football, and then people kind of it comes in. I'm just saying that there's a lot of money kind of left on the table, opportunity, and uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, no, I love uh, it. Yeah, well, again, Matt W was saying betters leave a lot of money on the table. Um, waiting until the morning and i would honestly say that if you're like i I really can't wife and kid stuff if you have the freedom to do a bit of your handicapping at night you should take a look at it matt also i keep referring him because he does such great work everyone make sure you follow him is he call it leans which are you know just taking a look look because you may see sometimes that that same colorado game dude it's posted it's like three plus 315 you're like what you almost take it blind because again baseball is so variant we were laughing at a Colorado game the other game the other day against Boston. There's no chance I can win, and of course Colorado won. Oh Boston yeah, made an error in the first. They kicked the ball around. They Colorado robbed the home run in the eighth, and then yeah, I was Boston on that game. error in the tenth, and that and that cost them the game. Yeah, Colorado did nothing the entire game. They did absolutely nothing to win to deserve to win, 
and it didn't matter. They just kind of hung around. Boston's hitting the ball hard, right at people, and that's the game, baby. That's what mm-hmm. it is. So there's so much CLV to be had. All right, let's move it on. i got to be quick. It's the Angels and Patrick Sandoval, minus 150 favorites, going to the Royals and Brady Singer. I mean, these are two guys that I really liked as pitchers last year, and they have really both kind of fallen apart. And like we were saying, I'm not trying to catch the falling knife on these guys. So I've I've struggled to back both of them. The Angel offense were looking really good. The Royals offense, not so much, losing Paisan, Vinny P. But I think I still like the over on this one. Hold on. I want to check if I have full game. Okay, I want to go with the over on the full game here. That's my play. Again, both of these pitchers have, I mean, the struggle is so real. I mean, Sandoval is just walking the yard. Single-digit swing strike again, 54 first strike. So he's falling behind, not inducing chases, then having to come in the zone. And he's gotten beat up. Same for Singer. His ERA's up near seven on the year. I think one of these offenses kind of break through. Sometimes for me, Drew, you mentioned one of my other favorite trading uh, adages. The trend is our friend. Right now, it's scoring. If you're not buying what the pitcher is selling, you're going to score, baby, because that's right where it is. So you like anything here? Oh my gosh, how bad is Kansas City, John? This is so bad. This is getting ridiculous, man. They're catching and down 50. to Oakland, right? They're, or catching up, however you want to put it. Well, they have a worse winning percentage than the Oakland A's after this Oakland oh. A's last week and a half. So they are the worst team in baseball. That wow. is pretty ridiculous because we got two really bad ones, and Kansas City is now the worst. And get this, man. They're 9-24 and 24 at home. That's the worst home record I've ever seen through, what, 33 games. How could you uh, be so bad? It, it's getting pretty ridiculous. I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I like L.A. here, the Angels. I'm not into laying minus 150 on the road, but uh, – at least I haven't yet uh, personally here, but um, that's the only way I'm looking in this one is the halos. Yeah. Again, you know what? I, I, as I was saying, it's kind of like hypothetical, but I am here to do sports analysis. So what, what have we noticed people about these teams that feel historically bad? A lot of times it's the bullpen on the season. Yeah. So think about this. This is, I mean, we haven't really had a pitcher throw 265 innings in a long time, but think of it as a really robust season. The ERA is up near five, a one, five whip, Double-digit walk rate, 9% barrel. The Royals' bullpen, Drew, has eaten 16 losses so far. 16 losses hung on the bullpen. It's only mid-June. I mean, that's that's absurd. You know, teams kind of ignore these bullpens, thinking, oh, I have anybody. They'll just kind of mix and match, and not really the case. And once it gets away from you, yeah, my case, and the struggle is real. All right, next yeah. up, this, this slate's really kind of ugly. Okay, this one – I really don't even have much of a line. It might have been popped up since we jumped on. It's the Tigers and the Twins. The Tigers were waiting to name a starter. I thought Tyler Alexander was named already. He's the best they've got. is not walk anybody. I figured that was going to be the pathway. I don't know if they, you know, sometimes, Drew, they're going up against Joe Ryan. Sometimes teams kind of figure, maybe we'll throw the opener against Ryan because we're probably not going to win mm-hmm. and save a guy we have a chance of winning. I don't know if that's the thinking, but I know teams do that. So, oh, Jay's, Jay's got it up. Yeah, Twins are like a super, super heavy favorite, of course. I mean, so for me, if you were going to touch this one, you got to go for the run line to cover it up or not at all. You know, Tigers just kind of stink. The offense is in the trash, and they are going with an opener. The Twins' offense has been no picnic, but at least Joe Ryan's really good. I don't know. When I have too many question marks, I just kind of leave these on the cover room floor. You like anything? 
Yeah, John, I mean, last night going through, I, I didn't see a line posted. I'm not sure I, I, if those are live lines or not, but if they are, um, I mean, minus 250 on the Twins. I, I know they're, what, yeah. near at the top of the AL Central, winning some games, I guess one game over 500, but laying that type of a price. <laughs> right. Isn't that, it, that, that perspective funny? One analyst A could have said division leading, right, yeah. and you would say one game over 500. Two, you said the same thing two different ways. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I'm just not into laying that. I mean, can you imagine sweating that uh, game out? And they might get it done, right? They might get it done. The Tigers stink, and Joe Ryan is good. Yeah, sure. But the books are taxing the hell out of you. Last thing, while, while we're on the subject, um, again, I imagine your answer is going to be pretty malleable. It goes with your style. But I, I'm having to come around to covering the spread. For a long time, Drew, I would never look to try and cover rub lines, particularly particularly with juice attached. Minus 110 is not crazy, but once you're at minus 130 to have to cover a spread, is a lot of times I find myself kind of pulling away from that. I find spreads are hard to cover in baseball because we actually saw it the other night. Managers will surrender that that run, right? If you're up two and uh, or up three, let's say, and a leadoff runner gets on, they're going to let him defensive indifference, defensive indifference. They'll let that guy come in and your spread oh, yeah. gets more. So oh, do, you yeah. have a, do you have a specific take in general on covering a run line in baseball? Sure. I'm I'm way more looking to take the plus one and a half than, than the minus yeah. one and a half. I mean, it's just one of those things, guys. And a lot of times it's when I like an underdog anyway. Like, you know, this Cincinnati Reds game, uh, plus 165. I'll bet it plus 165 and then also bet it on the run line. Uh, maybe split the bet, if you will. So if you're $100 better, maybe put 50 on both. And the reason being is exactly like you're talking about here, John. It, it, one of the great things about another great thing about betting baseball is for the majority of the bets, you're right in line with what the team is wanting to do. The manager of the team in terms of win the game. Whereas yeah. in football, you know, sometimes you're laying seven and a half, eight. I hey, it gets to. towards that fourth quarter. You might not be in line with what yeah. the head coach is actually going to be calling yeah. to win the game. Where it, but in you, you get that advantage almost with the plus one and a half in your pocket sometimes because what you're talking about in the ninth inning. How many times have we seen it? You know, up oh, defensive indifference, defense. It's not a defensive indifference to your bet yeah. if you're laying the one and a half. And uh, I've kind of learned that the hard way. In, in like you're talking about. As the years have gone on, I've been become more inclined to take the plus one and a half. And another yeah. thing here I want to throw out to you and your audience, John, I've talked, you know, behind the scenes, given, you know, kind of the content in the business with got with odds makers and talking about laying run lines, particularly with home teams, as you know, baseball betting is becoming more, you know, mainstream. They say they don't really think that a lot of the public bettors realize that it's actually kind of a losing bet overall. They're not putting the right, you know, odds. Um, they're not upping the odds enough to kind of, or they're, they're upping the odds too much to keep people off of that because people will see like big favorites at home laying the run line and, and they'll still bet it because they don't want to bet that extra money line. And yeah. it's really kind of a losing bet long-term, at least so far this year. You know, interesting, you mentioned what used to be, when we first started, one of my favorite bets was always the plus one and a half. I have since kind of come away from that bet because of the ghost runner. And maybe it's maybe it's small sample stuff, and maybe I shouldn't. But I got smoked on it a couple times in a row and got disgusted, meaning 
when back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> yeah. Well, we when you were tied and you had the underdog going into extra innings, dude, you pr- you were printing that ticket more or less. In fact, even as the road team, I used to root for them not to score because I didn't. I don't. I don't even want them to score. I just want the home team to get up and score one and send me home a loser with my plus one and a half a winner. Sure. The problem is now the extra inning starts with this damn runner on second base. And now a home run covers the spread. Where home run never covers the spread. You use the word for home run. Good. First pitch home run. Boop. Going home. Happy. Now it's a loser. And I lost a, I lost a couple of them. Mm. And I wonder, have you had that affect you at all? Or is it something you think about? Right? Does that make sense what I'm saying? That the, the yeah. run line is set up to fail now in extra innings. Now, again, that might only be a, a very small percentage that you could figure out into your work and then figure it out that way. But I don't know. I got bit a couple times and it made me nauseous. So if I like the underdog, I generally take the plus half run for first five and go from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a time that the run line and granted I'm not betting run lines, like throwing them out all the time. So the sample okay. size isn't that high. Right, um, right. I know I've lost a couple uh big plus price underdogs where I didn't, where I didn't <laughs> bite on the uh, run line a couple times in, in uh extras but i can't think of that situation actually happening hey ghost runner i don't know i don't know where you fall on it if you like it or I not beer league softball or uh bringing like a little more excitement no i'm kind of you a know, I, I listen to here maybe if the like i wish we got a couple of real innings because okay. to me it feels like the ninth inning is super high intensity super like and then it ends and there's a guy in second it's like now you don't even have to get a hit you could sack sack score sack sack score and i'm t- i was telling my dad this we are going to it hasn't happened yet but we're going to get like a 35 to 33 game that goes into <laughs> these extra innings when because of the because of the new yeah. run scoring environment right we've seen that happen with like three or four or five runs get scored in the 10th and if somebody matches that all of a sudden you're off to the races where i you know now you're deep into these bullpens anyway i'm hoping it happens because I, I don't i don't like it next John, up you know- the old man rich hill Going okay. for the Pirates up against Milwaukee and Julio Tehran. He's back. I covered him at the Athletic, and believe it or not, he looks pretty good. I really yeah. had a trouble with this one, but I was surprised. One bet. Could you bring up the walk props, Jay? I have the Tehran under walk prop, which is funny. Sometimes these walk props get listed at minus 200 and minus 210, and his is listed at a pretty palatable minus 130, which is the kind of juice I will get with. He just not walk. Hey, he does not walk anybody. He has a 3% walk rate. 66% first strike, 91 zone contact. This is the ideal scenario to go under and walks. He gets up and he throws strikes. Whether or not you like it, he's throwing strikes. You got three, you basically have three chances when you face this new version of Julio Tehran, who, you know, it's very easy for people to say, oh, he's washed, but you got to watch, Drew. We and you talk about this off the air a long time ago that a pitcher could change one thing and sh- he kind of takes off. And if you're looking at like this big sample of stats, you're going to get caught where he's changed. Alec Manoa is a good example, right? If you're looking at Alec Manoa's 200 inning sample from last year, you've been eating losses every five days until they sent the poor guy down. So I'm going with the under walks here. Under this, I don't trust Rich Hill, and I don't trust the Milwaukee Brewers offense. They are dead last in everything against lefties. By the way, they're just terrible against lefties, and I don't trust Rich Hill. I just can't get this one. I like the other walk, and I'm walking away from this one. In in your walk prop, that was towards uh, Julio Tehran, correct? Yeah, Tehran under okay. one and a half. Yeah. 
I, I'll tell you this. I mean, I go back to uh, Julio Turan's uh, Atlanta days. I was actually living in Atlanta, working for J.P. Morgan. There. I, w- I would go to a bunch of games, bet on him. I made a bunch of money on this guy. So I kind of have like a, I, I don't know, a man crush on him. And I'll tell you this, <laughs> the way that he changes speeds, he's still got that part. You know, he throws that he great works. change up. And you talked about his control. He's a guy I have circled his bet on right now. And Rich Hill okay. granted his full season numbers, you know, the uh, – I believe the oldest active MLB player, by the way, that's not necessarily a bet on, but he's a guy that uh, he's been making it work. The only thing is team team ERA. And you talked about it with uh, with bullpens and, and guys, sometimes in the betting markets, I just don't think bullpens get enough respect. And that's one here where Pittsburgh of late has not been uh, throwing the ball that great in the later innings. Um, team ERA of over seven, the last eight games. So overall, Rich Hill also had, uh, what, 120 pitches his last time out? 119 anyway? That's a (laughs) little bit alarming. Yeah, for a 43-year-old. So right here, I I like the Brew Crew at home. I think this is a short price. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can get with that. Just to put some context to what he's saying, he's not kidding. So these are the, again, this was part of the answer I was looking for with the full game first five. Not because it's right, just because it's mine. And it's just (laughs) to try and stay objective in the process. So I kind of have a loose rule, F5, F9, over, under. But unless you get a team like the Pirates, last 45 and two-thirds, this is two weeks, they have a 6-7 ERA, two-flat whip, a 330 batting average allowed, dead last and hard hit rate, and almost two home runs per nine. You do not want to short yourself in an F5 game against Pittsburgh. You want to, right, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. want to give yourself that extra innings to get into the bullpen. You absolutely must. In particular, because when Rich Hill is sharp, he's going six innings, you know. And then if you only bet the F5, you all of a sudden got smoked. But if he comes out in six, now it's anybody's game. So regardless of the score. So really sharp stuff, Drew, as always. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's viable play. Again, Tehran's been, Tehran's been good. Tehran's been good. Next up, speaking of who's been really good, it's Tristan McKenzie. I think right now I think this is another one of my picks for the Daily K leader. McKenzie was all the way at the back. Oh, he now he moved up also. He was at 25. He's still at 18 to 1, which is still pretty good. McKenzie looks awesome since he's come up. I know the four or five ERA, I'm not really buying it. Expected ERA is at 2.2, Sierra at three flat, 36% K, 15 swing strike, all the stuff we really like to look for. I mean, he's just been he's been really, really good. And I think Gallon, as much as I like Gallon, it's been a little rough for him. As of late this past month or so, I know I tweeted about he had a velo drop, and I don't want to overreact. I know you're a fastball velocity guy, Drew. Oh, yeah. It was like two miles an hour across the entire arsenal, and he's been getting beat up. So, And I'm a Gallon guy. He's on all my fantasy teams. I'm going to need him to be great if I'm going to win the best ball tournament on Underdog. It's the truth. But the fact of the matter is, if he's coming in down two miles – I think the Guardians and McKenzie have the edge here. I printed the plus five half run line, so I'm going to take that as well here. Jay, you have it up on the board. Give me Cleveland F5 with the half run. So the offenses are, I mean, you got to give the edge to Arizona for sure. But Cleveland makes a lot of contact. They don't strike out. You know, they're starting to get it going as well. So I'm just hoping we can outlast them in a tie through five. Did I sell you on anything there, Drew? Yeah, you brought up a lot of great points. I mean, some of which I'll touch on and expand on here. I mean, Zach Gallen, you're right. I mean, last time out, it was a little bit worrisome. The velocity drop as well. I actually wanted to look a little bit more into that. Was that a cold night in Detroit? What the deal was? Because Oh, I don't know. It's a good one. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's something I like to bring in because he You're was right. what a mile, a mile and a half ticked down. Yeah. So actually, John, I'm going into this one. I'm watching this heavy. I'm watching Gallon. Okay. If he's down again, guess what, guys? Next start, fade city. Yeah. And this is another thing in the betting markets I'll throw out there, John. You're not going to have a lot of time to kind of fade on that. If it if the velocity's down again, he gets roughed well, up again. You know, I don't want to push zone. back on my guest here. Yeah. Dude, Toronto gave us plenty of chances to fade Manoa. Was his velocity down though? Yeah, it was the whole time. Oh, the whole yeah, the, time, the whole I, time, but it wasn't like from start to start. Yeah, okay, yeah, so correct, that's a good correct, point. Correct. Right, 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 right. I guess it's not really apples to apples though. Okay, is, fair is enough. What I would yeah, say. fair enough. Also, you mentioned the pitch clock before, and looking back, two of the pitchers hurt the most, or probably two of the heaviest starters in the league. <laughs> and it seems intuitive. And I'm listen, I'm not fat bashing anybody. That's me. To you know, my chubby cheeks are not lying. But it's yeah. the truth, right? Lance Lynn and Alec Manoa both really struggled with the clock. And maybe it was a win thing. I don't know. But again, like you're saying, yeah, you do have to kind of chase this stuff. I like I like how you put that that you're right. Sometimes you could just watch, right? Gallon's gonna be the favorite next time, no matter what. So I, I think I like Cleveland. Hopefully, I don't get stung going up against the Arizona offense. Something I said I was gonna try and stop doing. All right, we got to hustle through these other ones. John, this let, one, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Up, go, go. Yeah, because he is 6-0 and at home with under a 1 ERA, man. Uh, 47 innings, 7 starts in Chase Field. Uh, and another angle I brought into this game, because I was looking at Cleveland as well. I just think this price on Arizona might be a little high. They haven't been playing as great a baseball here. But Arizona, 65 steals, and Cleveland has given up 71 steals on the wow. season that's both top five versus bottom five yeah, so the yeah. d-backs are going to be taking the extra base here and just to put it in com comparison uh the d-backs have allowed only 31 steals so 31 steals allowed to cleveland's catchers allowing over 70 steals watch out for that with arizona taking the extra base i do like arizona but the price kept me off of this i don't want to lay that big of price plus what you brought up gallon's velocity down yeah, well, now you're bringing up the gallon home split. I actually didn't see it because I was I was pre-hung up on the velo. But just to give you an idea, people, batting average allowed at home from gallon is below 200. OPS allowed below 500. ERA below one. Home run 0.2 home run per nine. So if I get stung, that'll be the reason why. This one's very easy for me. I got nothing because it, this is the game I'm going to be looking at to watch the most. It's my boy Sugar Shane McClanahan and the Rays go to San Diego to face you, Darvish. This one is going to have hardcore kind of playoff feels. Um, I Something I had mentioned, had been mentioning really, was waiting for that San Diego offense to pop. It did, and now, like, they're one of the offenses I am not going up against. As much as I like McClanahan, I'm not backing him here. You're going to have plenty of time to back the Rays. As sexy as getting McClanahan at minus 110 is. I really can't mess with this Padres offense. I'm just watching this one. Does anything stick out for you? And then to that point, Drew, Drew these ace-on-ace ace kind of big, high-profile matchups are the easiest for me to fade. Do you find you like to look for some edge in here? Because, like I said, you get – you know, it's your best chance to get a quality team at a good price. Sure. It's a great matchup here, guys. In Petco, great place to watch a game. Um, going to be a great atmosphere overall. McClanahan versus yeah. Darvish. I like McClanahan. I mean, I'll tell you this. The Rays have run into two hot teams on the West Coast, that being the Oakland yeah. A's and the Padres. I the Oakland A's. I know, but look at them, man. They're winning. I know. No, you're right. Dude, that's the thing that people don't get. You get it, man. Everybody automatically says Oakland bad, and that's why they keep dumping money against them at minus 280, right? 
Yeah, and what the A's are up 14 units the last like 11 days. So, uh, it, <laughs> yes. meaning like a hundred dollar better is up $1,400 yeah, yeah. because they're getting yep. such big plus prices. You got to watch out for that. I'll tell you this though. I mean, look, the Rays at home 31 and seven, just it's a one way or, or pass on the Rays at home. On the road, they yeah. really haven't been the same like team 19 and 15. Now, granted, they're the best team in baseball, in my opinion. Power rating, record, whatever the case may be. And McClanahan, one of the best pitchers in the show here so it's raised for me but you're right man you brought up something with the Padres lineup they're starting to see it better I bet on them last night took the loss I think I might actually go against them here this is a short price McClanahan on the hill with that raise offense at what minus minus 112 whatever the low yeah. water mark is here it, yeah. it, it's raised for me here John yeah well, absolutely see for real that's where that's where you could absolutely sell me on it. And this would probably be one of those scenarios where I'm probably looking for the F5 again. You know, if McClanahan had a sharp, you're going to get the five. You're hoping to get 15 outs from him okay, for sure. Yeah. Again, trying to limit those at bats if you can from him. I was trying to ramble my way through seeing the, the plus, who had the run line, who had the plus, but it's okay. All right, we got to hustle up through the last ones. I don't really have much. I really don't have much on the rest of the board, to be honest. We could almost do them together. It's, it's Philly and Oakland, Tywin Walker and Sears. Then it's the Giants and the Dodgers, but the Giants are running out an opener. The Dodgers are running out a rookie. Those are always like easy feeds for me. I'm going to be curious to see Sheen pitch. And then it's Kopech and the White Sox against the Mariners and Brian Wu. So kind of even just as a pack, is there, I, didn't really, I really had like nothing here. Sometimes I worry like I run out of gas when I get to the end of all my handicap. <laughs> I so many games and stuff, but there's just not really anything here. The one thing I thought maybe I liked was maybe Oakland through the first five, but Walker's been really good the last couple games. And then I just said, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of just out. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I mean, hey, it's, a, it's a lot of work. You? A 15 game card. You know, to get down <laughs> I know it is. It is. Man. Every I know day, brother. Feeling. Every day I'm here, kid. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You know, I, I I do a spot for for Sportsnet on Thursdays, and it looks towards the Friday card. And I'm supposed to give a long shot on Sportsnet Canada there. And sure enough, I gave out Oakland plus the 132. And I like it, John. I, I you know I bet it personally when the lines came out, and we talked about you know how they how great they've been profitability wise in the marketplace and sure enough uh philadelphia on this west coast road trip the back end no off day for travel in sears jp sears here for oakland he's the slated starter yeah coming into it and he's not giving up more than two runs in his last six starts so hey oakland on pace to be the worst team in mlb what modern era well that was uh <laughs> That, that's water under the bridge now. They're not even the worst team this season. So uh, ride the hot hand here in the A's. Get them plus 132. I like that one. And, and then you brought up. You, yeah, yeah. With the Oakland bullpen, it, is Oakland the team? So like, that's a good example of a team. I would generally go with the F5. Sure. Because and the I don't bullpen disagree. has just been. I don't disagree yeah, with we, you, John. Right, so let's lock in and Jay. I didn't want to go full. I can't. I, I kind of promised the listeners we're not betting. We're not allowed to bet on the Oakland for a full game. I just can't. If you like Oakland, that's fine. We bet on the first five team total all the time. We bet on the first five all the time. No, that's fine. Everything has a place. I can't bet on this bullpen. They are they are disgraceful, just disgracefully bad. Drew, 5-7 ERA in the season. They've eaten 19 losses. They have almost more walks than strikeouts, just everything that you can do poorly. So I'm with you. The handicap is good. I'm with J.P. Sears all the way. And I think he's more of a 5 in guy anyway. So we're going to go F5 on Oakland. Anything else squeak out to you? I thought maybe I'd like Kopech and the White Sox. Anything else on the back of the board? Um. 
I got the Dodgers. This kid uh, making a step up in class, uh, Sheehan. Uh, He's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I, I mean, and this is one thing I've kind of brought into my arsenal here of going after the MLB card. Uh, called up from A Tulsa, MLB debut here. Guys, 88 strikeouts and 53 innings in the Texas League. Six-round draft pick from yeah. Boston College in 2021. Cool. Could what you I like the about Sorry. Yep. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I want to see the pricing. I, I, don't, I can't find it listed. Oh, okay. Um, well, what I was going to say is – no, I, I only see one one book with it out, but uh, with with this kid making the step up in class here is I like the the progress that he made up through the minors. A sixth round draft pick just two years ago, and he's already making his MLB debut. Usually, that's a really good sign. Not a first round draft pick that they're wanting to give a look. This is a kid that kind of earned it with the strikeout to walk rate, which tends to be sticky when you're when you're stepping up from low A to high A to double A. Uh, that's that's a profile I I'll sometimes look to bet on even in his MLB debut, John. He has ridiculous strikeout stuff. Ridiculous yeah. strikeout stuff. Uh, you know, like you, very difficult to put up, even in Double A, to put up a forty plus percent K rate across those innings. Mm -hmm. How about the last one in the White Sox? I I thought I liked Kopech and kind of the resurgence, but I'm looking again. And it's not it's not like posted. I don't know if Seattle maybe is backing away from Brian Wu. But that's okay. No worries. We have a we have a couple of bets on the board here. I want to spend the last two minutes looking at this K leader again. So now that we kind of walk through the entire board, is there anybody, Drew, that maybe sticks out to you that might lead the way in strikeouts? You know what? We do have to we do have to take a look at Wu also because he does have strikeout stuff and his name is probably at the back of the board. He's I was hoping he's, he would have been a little bit longer. He's 31. To one, but he has the 30% strikeout rate, 27K minus BB, 13 swing strike, 65 first strike, 80 zone contact, the stuff we look for. So I would say by profile alone, it's McKenzie, it's Wu, it's Herman, and Hauk. If I had like, if I were picking from like the back, anybody kind of stand out for you that you like to throw a dart at for us? What about taking a, a real long shot on this kid from the Dodgers? Sheehan making had me a real long shot. Huh? You had me at real long shot. <laughs> okay, it, it's not a it's not a real long shot. Okay, then never. No, no, mind. no, no, no. I said you had me. You had me at real long shot. Oh, okay. Like you yeah, had me because... at hello. You had me at long shot. Where is he? I mean, he might not even be up there. Because... Oh, he's forty four to one. Not bad. With Adam. Oh, I love it. Adam. Me, me, and Jay worked these out, and we put them out on Twitter. So Jay will add Sheen too. Um, and then... so yeah, he's got a pop. He's got a pop. He's got, I mean, he definitely has some ridiculous stuff. The Giants have struck out. They also have taken some pitches. He's had some walk issues. But again, it's very, very difficult to kind of parse through that stuff. It doesn't always work that way. So I did the skill sets. If we were going to go by the matchup, I mean, Minnesota strikes out a ton lately, but Detroit has the opener. The Mets have struck out a ton lately. Um, and that's Michaelis. I mean, I don't know. Now, it's funny. Michaelis I has like that a, one. Has, yeah, you know what? I was gonna. I was. That's the one I actually had circled, and I was gonna throw out here was was Nicholas because every now and again, dude, he'll go, he'll go two strikeouts, and then the next one he'll get like ten. He's all over I'm the place right now. Yes, absolutely. You know what? That was a really great pick. That was a really great pick on the way out. I if for the audio only listeners, um, jump over to YouTube, check the comments. You can check all the stuff going on. You can also see the board up. 
that number from Michaelis is 150 to 1. Right now, Mets are 31st, 29th in the league in K rate, bottom three in in zone contact, 88 WRC plus last 14 days. So, uh, like Drew mentioned, he's not a strikeout guy, but it's weird. You're not necessarily, I know we want like strikeout guys, but Michaelis struck out 10 Royals like a week ago. Yeah. So it's there. You know, like, like, again, he has a double-digit strikeout game. You can't say he can't do it if he's done it. So we are absolutely going to get a – dude, nothing on 150 to 1. He has a 10-strikeout game against a team that's second to last in striking out the last 500 plate appearances. How can he be 150 to 1? I'm missing the – I don't get it. I'm missing something here. So we're going to be on that. Drew, on the way out the door, promote whatever else you got. Anything else you have, get off your chest. We love you, man. That was really a lot of fun to have you. And once you're here, you're a friend for life. Welcome back any Friday of your choosing. Talk to us, Drew. Awesome, John. Yeah, it's uh, been great. Been great being with you guys. Best way Thank to get you. at me is probably on Twitter at Drew Martin Betts. Just my name, yeah. Drew Martin, with the word bets at the end. Instagram as well. Uh, you can find me, yeah, hosted Wager Talk, uh, uh, Sports Grid as well. Do a spot with Sportsnet and SM Bets. You hit it right there at the top, man. So, uh, John, I appreciate everything, man. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, let's cash some tickets, buddy. Yeah, that was just the best, dude. It was so good to reconnect with you. And I have to thank you. You know, you really helped me along the way. <laughs> and even though we're not always talking all, all the time, I'm I got one eye on you, man. Because you know, people love your stuff. And again, I you know, I want to be the best. So you gotta want to be the best. You gotta you gotta consume some. So from Drew and Big Johnny Stud. Call to the pen HQ. Please rate, review, and subscribe because that stuff matters way more than it should. Press the cartoon finger. Press that stupid cartoon bell because it matters more than it should. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day when we're done with the book. Enjoy that pay, everyone. And remember, when you work this hard, if there's a lot less like luck, enjoy the weekend. We'll see you at noon on Monday. Peace, y'all.